So Maddie's going to give us her testimony today. And then we'll dive in to our lesson. Okay, I'm going to start with like a little background. It all kind of connects in the end, I promise. But in order to understand like the ending of the chapter here in the beginning. Um, so I didn't grow up in like a typical, typical um, Christian home. The only people in my family who were believers, I have a really, really small family. It's just my mom, my sister, me, my dad, and my grandparents, and then my aunt and uncle, who is my mom's brother, and then their two daughters. So a very small family. Um, but my grandparents were the only believers that I knew of or who kind of influenced me in any kind of way. Um, when I was little, my parents would always fight constantly. And more often than not, I would get physical with my dad either throwing um, dishes at my mom or my mom pushing my dad out of the house. Uh, my older sister, she's three years older than me, would always try to protect me from that and try to keep me in another room or upstairs um, where she could keep me safe and try to block me from it as much as possible. Um, kind of going along with that, my dad is an alcoholic, was an alcoholic, still is. Um, so the only time I ever saw him, he was either drunk or he had passed out from being drunk. So I hardly ever saw him sober, still hardly ever see him sober. Um, they ended up getting a divorce when I was in middle school, which kind of started like a spiral of my anxiety and depression, which I was diagnosed with my freshman year of high school and put on medication. Um, during my freshman year, my mom, she had a lot of medical problems. She had back surgery. She had had a lot of stomach problems and stomach surgery. She had her gallbladder removed. And with all of the surgery, she ended up getting addicted to op opioids. Um, and at the time, I didn't know it until about a year later, um, which Put a lot of tension on our relationship uh, made me feel like i wasn't worthy of like being trusted with that kind of information um, my depression reached a high my sophomore and junior year of high school i didn't ever want to get out of bed i never cleaned my room never did laundry i think i showered maybe once or twice a week um, it was just really hard to do anything during those few years. Um, it took my mom sending a photo of the way my room looked to my grandpa to kind of get me out of that path I was going on. I was very self-destructive. I um, had a lot of thoughts of just like driving off the road at night and not like not just wanting to come back, feeling like no one would notice if I wasn't there. My grandma was always a constant, kind of just a constant flow of encouragement. She would always tell me, like, Maddie, give it to God. This is not, like, you weren't made to go through this. That's actually where I got this tattoo from. Um, which kind of started getting me thinking <clears throat> that it was hard. It was hard for me to believe that God would use my dad's addiction and my mom's addiction and my anxiety and depression and my broken relationships with my parents. It was hard to me. It was hard for me to believe that he was going to use that um, in, a, in a good way. At the time, I thought that the, my family and myself were just so broken. It was just past 
uh, beyond mending and putting back together. Um, I had also really struggled and still do struggle with the concept of God as a father because I never really had a good example of a father. My father wasn't really around and didn't really do the fatherly things like take me to a softball game or take me like go to any of my extracurricular activities. He just wasn't really ever there. Um, so the thought of a perfect father was pretty foreign to me at the time. Uh, my senior year, uh, I stopped all extracurricular activities I was doing. I mean, I was in swimming, I was in tennis, I was in golf. Um, I was in marching band at one point and I stopped all of that. I lost pretty much all my friends at that point, um, which was hard. So that whole year, year and a half, I was pretty much alone. Um, still trying to mend my mom and I's relationship and still trying to learn how to forgive my dad for everything he's done. Uh, at this point, my sister was off at college. Um, so it was really just me. I didn't have anyone. Um, but although I knew, like, I didn't have anyone, I just, and I felt like everything I knew, like, was gone. Like, I didn't have anything that I didn't know. Um, I did know, however, that something was missing and it was a lot deeper than a lot of superficial stuff. Um, and kind of looking back on it now, I know now that it was kind of like God just telling me to come home and to um, just like, kind of like I tell Red all the time, like that he had a table set for me with all of my brothers and sisters and that I should just come home. Um, and I still struggle with anxiety and depression every single day. Um, my mom and I's relationship is still pretty rocky and we're still trying to mend that together four years later, I think now. Um, my dad's still an alcoholic. I'm still trying to learn how to forgive him. Um, I hardly ever talk to him. Um, it's just, it's really hard given everything he's put my family through and everything he's putting himself through that I just don't want to watch. Um, but I do know that God is the most perfect father that we'll ever have. And it's taken me a long time to learn that also. And a perfect father does exist. Um, so I guess that's pretty much it. I don't know if this is your question, so I don't know how you do that, but yeah, that's it. Thank you, Maddie. You're welcome. I, I'm very thankful for Maddie. Um, she's become just like one of my closest friends. I'm very thankful that God revealed himself to you and that he's still working on you every day, just like he's working on all of us every single day, no matter what we struggle with. Um, all right, so today we're going to be talking about being made in the image of God and what the Bible says about that and some implications. And I'm really excited because I love, I love this concept um, in the Bible, this truth in the Bible. Um, so I'm very excited to talk about it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer, and then we will dive into what God's Word has to say to us. Um, dear Heavenly Father, um, Lord, I just thank you so much for this morning. Um, thank you for Maddie, who is willing to just share her story with us, Lord. We are so thankful that she is a part of this group. And I just pray for all of us today as we look into what your Word has to say. Would you guide us? Um, would you reveal to us what you have to reveal to us? And um, would you just show us that we are made in your image, and that has um, a lot of great implications for our lives. Would you come for anyone today who is just weary, 
Um, and Lord, would you be with us, be with me as I speak? Um, would it just be your words and not my own? Lord, we love you and we trust you. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, go ahead and open your Bibles to Genesis 1. Uh, we're going to be in verses tw uh, 26 through 31. Um, so pretty much like the second page of your Bible. Um, so the Bible teaches that all human beings are made in the image of God. So what does it mean to image something? To copy it? Yeah. To copy it. Like what you want it. What was that? Like what you want it. Hmm. Like you plan it out yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's your creation. It's what you planned. It's a copy. Um, so when the Bible says that we... Um, when, we, when God says that we are made in his image, he's saying that we're not like an exact copy of him, but he's made his imprint upon us. He is... Um, paper towels. Oh, paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're made with like the fingerprint, the breath of God. We're made in his likeness. So there's things about human beings that point back to God. Um, and he did that on purpose. Um, and all human beings are made in the image of God. Um, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, their ethnicity, um, their background, all human beings are made in the image of God. And fun fact, the theological term for the image of God is the Imago Dei, um, which is just Latin for image of God. So at the end of this, you can say, I know the Imago Dei, the doctrine of the Imago Dei, or you could just say, I know more about what it means to be made in the image of God. Both of them are the same thing. Um, so when we say humans are made in the image of God, it means that human beings have a personality. So we each have a unique personality. Some of us are funny, some of us are joyful, some of us love to um, be creative, some of us are more um, intellectual. That's your personality and God made you that way. Um, we also have a sense of morality. We talked about this a little last week about how one of the reasons we can tell there's a God is that we can tell what's right and wrong within us. And that shows us that there's a God because someone has to set that standard. Um, and the third thing that we see is our spirituality. So God, God created everyone to be in relationship with him, and that's because we're made in his image. And so um, those three things point to the fact that God made us with a purpose. Um, so who would like to read Genesis 1, 26 through 31? God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will, rule the, they will rule the fish of the sea, birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created him, them male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. But God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you, for all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, and for every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having the breath of life in it. I have given every green plant for food, and it is so. God saw that he had made it, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning so we see here that on the sixth day, God created um, man. So he created Adam on the sixth day. 
Why do you think God created in the first place? If he's self-sustaining, if he's just fine by himself, why would he decide to create? To enjoy it. To enjoy it. <laughs> to bring happiness from it. So then why did God decide not only to create just creation, but why did he decide to create humans? Why do we exist? Why did he make us? What was that? To tell people about him? To tell people about him? Yeah, for sure. To spread the gospel? To bring glory to him? Yeah, to bring glory to him. Um, so taking what, um, what Emily just said, to bring glory to him, why then would he create humans, not just create humans in general, but why would he create them in his image? the same answer to glorify him because I don't know how many humans there have been throughout all history um, but if you take billions of people in your image if you make them all in your image that must mean that you want people to look at you right you want people to realize that there is a God um, and he created us in his image that so we would display and reflect how great he is how powerful he is how beautiful he is um, and when he made humans for like the first time they were perfect, right? There was no sin, there's no evil. Um, and, and so yeah, it was like the perfect way to display his glory because he was perfect and he made a perfect creation. Um, so this is kind of just a question, doesn't really have to do it with like what we're going into next. But if we are made in God's image, does that make us little gods because we're in God's image? No. <laughs> Why not? I guess that's just a bad idea. Yeah. I yeah. think it's kind of like when like parents have a kid, they don't make little parents. They make mm -hmm. little kids. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah, this is actually um, a big-time heresy, um, a, a lie, that we are little gods or that we could ever achieve God status because we can never do that. Um, so then, what does being made in the image of God tell us about human beings? If we're not little gods, then what are we? I would say, like, if we're the most important part of creation, mm -hmm. nothing else is made in his image. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's exactly right. God didn't create animals in his image. Dogs are awesome, but they don't reflect the image of God like human beings do. Um, he didn't create trees or mountains, even though they're beautiful. They reflect his glory, but he didn't make them in his image. Um, he said, therefore, let us make man in our image. And so he put a special seal on human beings, setting us apart from creation. Um, and therefore, humans are given the highest value in all of creation. And like Emily said, it's not because oh, we're so special, like, I'm, like, we are special, but it's not, like, a prideful thing. Um, we are special in God's eyes, but every single person carries the image of God on them, and every single human being has value simply because God created them. 
Um, so in Genesis 3, what happens in Genesis 3? The fall. How do you guys think sin impacted the image of God on human beings? Did it just disappear? Nope. What happened to it? It got blurry. Yes, it got blurry and distorted. Um, go ahead and flip over just one page, at least in my Bible it's one page, to Genesis 5, 1 through 3. This, kind of, this is after the fall, and this kind of helps us understand and give us an idea of like what it means to be made in the image of God while we are also sinners. Um, so who would like to read verses 1 through 3 of chapter 5? Okay, thank you, Julie. This is the written account of Adam's family life. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. When he created them male and female and blessed them, and he named them mankind and were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and named him Seth. So looking at these three verses, at Adam and his son Seth, um, and what God says about human beings, how does this help us understand how we still have the image of God even as sinners? Yeah, sorry, it's a long question. How does this passage give us a clear understanding of the image of God? Yeah, that's exactly right. Just like Elise said, um, when you have kids, it's not like they become little parents. They're your, they're your kids. So even though we sin, even though we mess up, we are still made in the image of God. Um, and that is still passed on to every single human being, um, despite the sin that distorts it. So we may sin, but the image of God still shines through. Alrighty, any questions over just like the image of God before we dive into some implications, which is where we're going to spend most of our time. Alrighty, then we will dive into the implications. So I, I have four implications, and there's so many more, but these are the four that we're going to focus on, um, of being made in the image of God. Um, so number one, being made in the image of God gives us a purpose, um, and our purpose is to bear the image of God everywhere we go and whatever we do. Um, Genesis 2 also contains the cultural mandate. Does anyone know what the cultural mandate is? That's okay. Basically, it's God telling um, human beings that they're supposed to take care of creation and to fill it and to be fruitful and to multiply and to um, do their part to bring glory to God in whatever they're working on. So that basically means for us that no matter what we do, whether we're doing schoolwork, whether we are working for a daycare or we are just living at home trying to be a good daughter or um, a good mom, we're supposed to do it for God's glory. Um, so viewing yourself as an image bearer of God, how does this impact the way you go about your school and your work and your relationships? If you viewed yourself as bearing the image of God. Does that question make sense? So if you viewed yourself as bearing the image of God, how would you, how does that change how you go about yeah, the rest yeah. of everything? Yeah. If you do it, I'm sorry. Hmm. Yeah. Like if you're, I don't know, if I'm doing someone, something representing someone, even like as a, wait, when I worked at, when I worked at the office I worked at, 
whenever I did something representing Zeta and Zeta, I was like, have to do this really well because Zeta's name is on this and like I'm just a representative here. I'm just doing like this part of the bigger thing, right? And that's yeah. what God is. We're part of whatever God's plan is and if we approach everything with um, kind of like with his branding stamp on our forehead. Yeah. Then we're representing him in everything we do. And for me that's like, okay, I need to do a really good job. Because <laughs> if people look at me and they're like, that doesn't look like Jesus. That doesn't look like God. Like that's not a good representation of it. Yeah. It's like a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're representing God. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on that? How does it change the way that we just live our life? Yeah, I think it gives me like a bit of confidence mm-hmm. because being in His image, it's also meant to like He's there with you. Yeah. He's there to cheer you on in everything you do and to um, <coughs> just help you through everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gives us confidence. Yeah, because if, like, God's stamp is on me, if, like, like the almighty creator of the universe created me, then that gives me great confidence because I know that, like, an almighty creator wouldn't just create me for no reason. Yeah. Um, I know for me, um, it makes me want to show people that don't know that they're made in the image of God, like, my unbelieving friends and family. I, Yeah, I guess my unbelieving friends are blessed with a family that does know Jesus, but um, my unbelieving friends, they don't know they're made in the image of God. They have no idea that's their purpose, that's their value. And so it makes me want to be a good representative of God, just like Andrea said, um, so that I can sh- that I can hopefully show them that their value and their worth and their purpose is in God, and he created them um, and loves them. And so kind of being representative everywhere we go plays a huge role in that. Um, so that's the first implication. It gives us a purpose. So if you ever feel like your life has no meaning, no purpose, there's no value, um, speak truth into that lie. Tell it, no, I'm made in the image of God. God did not create me for no reason. Um, He created me for a great purpose. All right, second implication. Being made in the image of God gives us worth and value. Have you guys ever felt worthless or not valuable? Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, especially as women, we tend to struggle with a lot of our image, right? Maybe like what we look like, how we perform. Are we good enough? Are we pretty enough? Are we, um, are we just enough in general? That's all our image. Um, and we listen to a lot of lies that might tell us, you are not, you're not worth anything. You're not valuable. Um, but being made in the image of God gives us so much value, so much importance, so much worth, um, because we are literally... Um, our worth is tied to the creator of the universe, the God that like breathed and created a mountain. Like that's what our worth is tied to, um, which is amazing. Um, what kind of things do you guys tie your worth to? What do you see yourself tying your worth to? That's not God. I think to like what others think about me. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Comparing myself to like my friends, like how I. yourself to your friends. I look at a lot of other people's accomplishments and think like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. like they've gone a lot further in the school than I have. Mm-hmm. That makes them like better in a way. Yeah. Yeah. When your worth isn't tied into your school at all. Yeah, but it's definitely a lie that we believe. Yeah. Our success, our looks, 
Um, I know for me, something that I have always struggled with is just like what I look like. I'm like, my image is sometimes very wrapped up in what I look like. Um, I've struggled with it since I was like in middle school. And I think that's not uncommon for, for girls in general. Um, but me being made in the image of God um, can speak truth into that lie, like I said before, um, because our worth is tied into a God who does not change. So therefore, our worth never changes. So it doesn't matter if one day you feel like you haven't accomplished enough or you haven't been productive enough. Your worth doesn't change because your worth is tied to God. Um, it doesn't matter if one day you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see. Um, your worth does not change because your worth is tied to God. Your worth will always be the same forever and ever because it's tied to the almighty creator of the universe who created you with a purpose um, and who loves you more than you can ever imagine. Um, so your life does have a purpose and you reflect the amazing beauty of God just by existing. Just by waking up in the morning, you reflect that God is good, that he's alive, that he's beautiful, and that he's created everything with a purpose. Um, and we're supposed to proclaim his glory. Uh, why is it so easy then for us to get lost in like these spiraling thoughts of I'm not enough? Why why is that so easy to do? I think society is very um, much like comparison seeking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think social media we can blame a lot for that. Mm. Our society definitely doesn't make it easy, especially on women. Why else? Why is it so easy to just get lost in those spiraling thoughts? We see the people in front of us. We don't see God. Like we mm -hmm. see God in the things that we do, the things around us, but we don't actually see God. We can't like full on have a conversation mm -hmm. with him, like in person, like we would can to other people. Yeah. So it like affects us more when other people say stuff about us. Or yeah. Or spend that time with us. Yeah, because you can like actually see that person, actually hear them, but you can't always see and hear God as clearly. For sure. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Why why do we get lost in those spirals? Um, I don't always remind myself often that that I'm made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. You know, and so like you see you remind yourself all you, all the time what everyone else in the world looks like. Yeah. Right? When you get on any sort of social media or you leave your house <laughs> even. Um, but I don't always remind myself that I'm made in the if I'm like studying the word or whatever, right? I do it like what Julie said. I, I look at what he's doing and what he has done, and I don't see, or I don't focus on what he is doing in me or the mm -hmm. fact that he is part of me, like she said. Yeah. So I, I think we forget to remind ourselves mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And the times in my life when I have like felt the most enough, right? It was the times when I was like, I'm gonna be cheesy, I'm gonna go for it, I'm gonna put all the note cards on the mirror and look at them every single day and read them every single day. Um, so much easier to forget mm -hmm. about what the Lord has done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, imagine if like every single morning you woke up and the first thing you said was, I am made in the image of God, I'm going to glorify him today. And maybe every hour you said it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd be so much more focused. <laughs> maybe I need to do that. And <laughs> I'm I, just um, thinking about, I need to put all that stuff back up on my mirror. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a time in my life, I, I didn't have a mirror in my room for two years. Because, like, I had a mirror in my bathroom because, you know, you got to look at yourself while you're doing, like, brushing your teeth and making sure your hair's not, like, but, like, I didn't have a mirror in my room because it just, like, wasn't beneficial for me anymore. Um, yeah. 
do whatever you need to do in order to remind yourself that your image is tied to the creator. Um, so in my notes I wrote down, our worth is super glued to our creator. It cannot change. No matter how you feel about yourself, your worth stays the same because you're made in the image of God. So your value is secure. No matter what you um, feel that day, your feelings aren't always true. The truth is that you are made in the image of God. And if you need a reminder, just go back to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 2, and read that God created you. Genesis 1, sorry. Created you um, in his image. So then, how should we view ourselves knowing we are made in the image of God? How do we view ourselves rightly with the image of God in mind? I think we have to like remember that whenever we criticize ourselves and like try to like tell ourselves that we're not worth anything, um, just remember that like we're not only saying that to ourselves but also to God's creation. Mm-hmm. So like It's like me coming up to one of your paintings and being like, this is ugly, this is awful, when you created it. Like, it's beautiful. Oh, comes with a story, but I have to tell it. Um, <laughs> we've started a Bible study with David's immediate family. And so that means all 10 of his siblings, and then his foster brother and his parents, we all go to their house, and we're starting in Genesis. And um, his six-year-old sister, Becca, for those of you who know her, um, we were talking about creation and God's creation and she raised her hand and genuinely the most sweet little voice not joking at all um, Allie had made her like a picture or drawn her something or shown her things that she has created in the past and Becca raised her hand and she said you know I just I just think that when God looks at the whole world it's, it's like when I look at Allie's creations you know I'm just I just love them. They're so beautiful. I'm so proud of them. And you know, she she made that for me. It's so nice. And I just I just feel like that's how how God is looking at all of, all of the world. And she just kept repeating it, repeating it, repeating it because she just she just feels God so deeply. And if this little six year old girl who has been through more than any of us have ever been through by the time that she was six years old can look at a picture painted by her sister or you know, the trees outside, and see God so deeply, how are we missing it? <laughs> like, how are we who study the Word and, and, and love the Lord and have a deep relationship with Him, how are we missing it? Or do we just need to be children again? You know, do we need to look at it like a little girl who's just just now discovering how much the Lord loves her? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I forget what my answer to your question was, but... And of course we all cried because it's just the purest, most wonderful, right? You're supposed to have faith like a child and hers is just unwaveringly, she just loves what God has made. You know, and if we're looking at ourselves like we're not as special as that, and I'm not saying that we need to look at ourselves pridefully and be like, wow, God did a good job on me today. (laughs) No. Yeah. But... Right, like Elise said, if we look at ourselves and we're like, that's awful, right? We're, we're looking at the Lord and saying, mm, I don't think that what you did is good enough, yeah. you know? And so if we go at it like, like Becca, and we're just in awe of what he's done. Yeah. But, I mean, that's hard when you look at yourself in the mirror. 
yeah, it's hard to be like, wow, God is so amazing when you're having like a really bad like yeah. self-image day. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I love that story. <laughs> I wish I was there for it. It sounds amazing. I will tell you some other stories about it when we're finished. Okay. Because they're so cute. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're not supposed to like view ourselves like it's like um you have to like find like a happy middle we're not supposed to like be like oh i hate myself so much like that's that's not good if we're thinking that way because we're made in the image of god but we're also not supposed to be like i like priding ourselves in what we look like or who we are either we're supposed to like humbly recognize that god created us it's a it's like that middle ground the happy happy middle yeah, any other thoughts on how we should view ourselves as being God's creation? Alrighty, well we are go on to our third implication, which is being made in the image of God gives us worth and gives worth and value to all people. All people, all humans, no matter who they are, what they've done, if they have a disability, um, if they grew up in a different home, if they grew up with no home, every single human being everywhere throughout the all history of time has the same value because they were all made by God. Um, do unbelievers carry the image of God upon them? Yes. They're just not aware, which is so sad because um, we want them to know that they are made in the image of God. Um, when we start viewing every single person as being made in the image of God, it changes a lot of things. Um, go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to James 3, 9. So we're jumping to the New Testament now. Um, but it's often hard to see everybody as being made in the image of God, especially people that have been mean to you, who have hurt you, um, have hurt someone else that you know, maybe someone that just grinds your gears. How do you see them? It's hard to see them in the image of God. Um, so who would like to read James 3 and 9? Thank you, Andrea. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. So, the likeness of God is basically the same thing as the image of God. And this, pa this passage is talking about how powerful our words are, how they can hurt and destroy, or how they can, up, um, they can build up and encourage. Um, so, how can we use just our words or our interactions with people um, to affirm the image of God in them, even if they are people that we struggle to love. I realized that was a very complex question. I'm going to reword it. Um, how do we? How can we treat everybody with the image of God? With how can we treat everybody by by know it? Um, knowing that everyone's made in the image of God, how yes. do we treat them? Yes. With our words? How should we treat them? With yes. Andrew's teaching now. <laughs> yeah, but Andrew's question is what I meant to ask. I think it's important to like see what God is doing in them, mm -hmm. even if they don't know that it's God working. Like they might have like a really good talent, or like they um, do something really well, um, and it's God using them in a way, giving them a gift, and we can encourage them. Yeah, 
that's really good. The connecting the things that you see in them that are the Lord to the Lord. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, what else? How can we how can we point people to the image of God? Show them that the image of God is in them. How can we treat others like they're made in the image of God? Just be intentionally kind and loving. Mm-hmm. Like really get control of your tongue, really get control of your attitude, so that especially when you're around non-believers, they see the good things yeah. that the Lord has. And so, right, and if you're being kind to someone, they'll want to be closer to you. And like, like she said, um, and you can have that conversation but if you're if you use your tongue and your attitude and all those things just to to shove people off or to right if you are super super sweet when you come to bible study and then you cuss like a sailor later right Hmm. and someone is in both of those circles and they see it they're like "Mm, i don't think that's not what i want to like that doesn't seem good for a christian right you don't want to you don't want to use your words to lead them away from christianity right you want them to come to you because if if nothing else, right? If they really don't get the God thing, they you want them to come to you because you're kind, because you're you listen, because you're loving, because you point out the wonderful things that they have a gift for, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, just just using your words to create a good relationship with them, like mm-hmm. she said, yeah, not to push them away. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Using our words um, to build up and to encourage, because our words definitely have the power to destroy. I'm sure some of you guys have felt um, that words hurt sometimes. They can, they can destroy, um, but we have the power to use our words to love and to show people that they're made in the image of God. Um, any other thoughts on that third implication, that all people are made in the image of God? Alrighty, then we'll move on to our fourth and final implication, which is the completely restored image of God is Jesus Christ. So sin distorts the image of God on us, but through Christ we see um, the image of God most clearly because he is literally God in the flesh. So I have two passages for us that we are just going to walk through real fast. Um, the first one is Colossians 1, 15 through 20. So go ahead and turn with me to Colossians 1. We're going to read 15 through 20. Who would like to read um, those five verses? Colossians 1, 15 through 20. I'll do it. Thanks, Elise. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things are constant. And he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things may he have the premise. For it pleased the Father that in him all fulfill all fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things by him to himself by him, whether these things on earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of his cross. All right, thank you, Elise. So what did the, what does this passage say about Jesus? 
because he's the firstborn over all creation, mm -hmm. and that he's the firstborn among the dead. Yeah. How is he the firstborn in creation? He was there when creation happened. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, he's the thing that existed before creation existed, so he was the firstborn. Even though he never was born, he's always existed. What else? What does it say about Jesus? It says that he's the head of the church. Yeah. Yeah. In him, all things hold together. Yes. Everything is held together by God, by, by Jesus, who is God. <laughs> yeah. I love verse 19 that says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So as Jesus walked this earth, the fullness of God was in him. He was fully God, fully man. Um, and thinking about like that makes you think, okay, then God literally died for me. Like If he was fully God, that means God literally died for us, which just shows us how much he loves us. So this shows that Christ was the perfect image bearer of God. He did everything perfectly. And we cannot do everything perfectly, which is why we so desperately need him um, to be our savior because he's the perfect image bearer we fall short in so many areas i fail every single day to bear the image of god correctly um i like sometimes i'm not nice to my family and sometimes i am very selfish and prideful um, and i so desperately need jesus to cover my sins every single day um yeah he's the perfect perfect image bearer any other thoughts on this little passage Go ahead and flip to Romans 9, 18. It's just one verse. Nine twenty-eight. sorry. And I'll read it for us. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for his good, those who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. I think he means 828. What did I say? Did I say nine? nine? Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, I meant 828. 828 through 30. Yep. Sorry, there's a typo in my notes. Um, so this verse tells us the same thing that the verse in Colossians told us, that Jesus is perfect. But what does it say about those who are, um, those who are in him? What does it say about us as believers? It's in verse 29. What was the question? Um, what does verse 29 say about us as believers. That we're predestined? Yes, we are. Believers? Is that it? Yes, we are predestined to be believers. Um, but what after that? Are we, uh, is going to happen? We are Jesus' brothers and sisters. We are Jesus, yes, we are Jesus' brothers and sisters. Um, but what, what about that? Um, what does it say like will happen over time? Yeah, because we're his brothers, 
because we have become part of his family, because he is our father, um, because we are predestined, which just basically means he chose us, um, we are being conformed to his image. So this is called sanctification, right? Every single day we're growing, growing more and more like Jesus um, through the Holy Spirit that works in us. So every single day he's changing you and molding you um, to become more like Jesus. So we're aware that we're made in the image of God, but as we walk with the Lord, as we continue to grow with him, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. Um, sorry if that was confusing. The, there's a lot of big words in, the, in those verses. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the main point there. Any questions on that last implication? Alrighty. So those are the four implications and there are many, many more that we could go over. Um, but I just wanna encourage you guys today to remember that you are made in the image of God. Like Andrea said, write it on your mirror. Um, tell yourself every single day, remind yourself. Um, and if you know Jesus at your, as your savior, every single day you're becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Um, and he's doing the work, but we're also called to do the work. So we're supposed to um, be faithful to be in the word and to want to change. And he promises, promises us that he is going to change us. Um, and we need Jesus because we are not perfect image bearers. And our value and worth is permanently tied to um, God who never changes. So your value never changes either. Um, and that's all I have for you guys. I will pray for us and then we'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for all these ladies. I just pray that um, you encourage them today with your word. Um, would they just be reminded that they are so loved by you, Lord, and that you want a relationship with them. Um, that you care about them so deeply and you you made them in your image. Um, would that just give us confidence today and would it lead us to just worship you, God, and um, to not want to glorify ourselves or to find satisfaction in ourselves, but to only find satisfaction in you. Um, Lord, thank you for sending your son to die for us um, and for being a God who wants to know us even though we are sinful. Um, Lord, we love you and we need your help to love you more. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.